This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. That one you're dedicated to all the bicycle riders, seen? Bicycle rider, bicycle rider. Bike rider, my other bike rider. Bike rider, my other bike rider. Trust me, riding a bike is better. Bike rider, my other bike rider. Everybody should ride bicycle. And good morning and welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group program for Monday the 23rd of November 2015. And we've had a pretty big weekend. We've got an um, interview coming up next with Liz, who's a local resident. We're going to be talking about um, what has actually happened and what's happened over a long period of time within the city of Yarra to do with cycling issues and budget requirements. So this is the Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio Show. We're uh, broadcasting from 3CR 8.55am and digital, uh, community radio in Melbourne. And this is a program about cycling and related transport issues. And thank you to Democracy Now! for the last hour of Current Affairs my name's Chris, and um, yeah, we've had a pretty big weekend, and a little bit sunburnt. It was a beautiful weekend for getting out there and riding around. So, um, something that came up in the last week or so, that there's a new bike law um, guide coming out, and that's going to be a definitive guide to essential road rules for bicycle riders in Victoria. And they're taking pre-orders for this um, guide that's coming out, and it's put out by the Victorian Law Foundation. Whether on the ride or on a path, riding in a group or heading out on a, um, at night, this guide will help bike riders share the roads responsibly and safely. So that's going to be a uh, guide that's coming up. So you can pre-order. So this was produced in collaboration with Vic Roads, Bicycle Network, Cycling Victoria, City of Melbourne, City of Yarra and the Amy Gillett Foundation. And basically this is going to... Um, Involve essential rules like oh, stuff that apparently we should know, like uh, essential equipment, road rules, riding in traffic, riding with children, what to do in an accident and where to go for information. So if you want to pre-order copies, this is going to be available in November at some point. So you can do orders up to about 500. You can please call 03-9604-8100 and ask to speak to the publications team. That's good to hear. So, um, if you've been interested in listening to podcasts, there's some actually some good stuff coming up. Cycling Victoria has put out a heritage, I'll start again, History and Heritage Committee, if I got that around the right way. They're releasing podcasts. So you can, listeners can either download via iTunes or stream through the, their Podbean they've got online. So you can go to viccycling.org.au and look up Get Involved in History and Heritage Podcasts. And that's got um, about a range of eight podcast there with John Beasley, Iris Bent, Heck uh, Sutherland, Vince Beasley, there's two there, Jim Taylor and a tribute to Russell Mockingridge and Reg Arnold. Okay, I'll just take a quick break and I'll be back in a tick. Still fighting for what is ours. Climate action. Climate justice. No man, no the time, no the hour. In December, the governments of 190 countries arrive in Paris to discuss a new global agreement to stop dangerous climate change. Tricia joins their discussions with a series of special interviews and analysis, starting Monday, November 16 till 28, and continuing into December. 
from 8 a.m. till 8:30 a.m. weekdays and on Saturdays. The warnings have been issued. If we don't hold the line on emissions, climate change will be irreversible. Stay tuned as Tricia Breakfast programs join the global conversation. And you're back listening to Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR. Okay, I'm just going to go into an interview we did with Liz, and this was to do with budget allocations and what's actually happening within the city of Yarra. Okay, we're here today and we're talking to Liz on some local bicycle issues and transport issues. You just want to fill us in, Liz, where you've uh, developed an interest in this issue? Yeah, sure, Chris. I grew up riding a bike, I guess. I grew up in the country, two kilometres from the bus stop, ten kilometres from the nearest town. I had no choice but to ride my bike everywhere and as a result, I didn't really enjoy it. It was the only way to to access, you know, my playmates, um, you know, public transport, anything like that. And, you know, it wasn't a source of pleasure. And so when I was old enough and got a car, I switched to driving, which I think is a fairly common story. Um, It was a gradual thing. Living in the inner city, uh, it was, you know, driving is simply not an option for inner city destinations. So it was either cycling or public transport. And I guess it was just slowly I realised that cycling was certainly easier than public transport Um, and yeah now I I definitely choose it over any other form of transport and it's interesting I no longer feel the cold in Melbourne anywhere near as much as I used to and it's because I'm not standing on windy wet tram stops anymore. Where we're going to from here was like with Yarra, we've had a long history, probably in the last 10 to 15 years of the Yarra area. We have Fitzroy, Collingwood, Clifton Hill, that inner part of being a bit of template for the rest of Australia for cycling trips and infrastructure. And yeah, we've hit um, a little bit of an interesting point now with um, what's actually happening in the area. We've just come through a bit of a big thing with the East-West Link and people demanding that they want to see less car-dependent types of transport. And I think you'd better fill us in from here about what's actually happening here in Yarra. I think it's very easy for Yarra to be a country-leading municipality in terms of active transport because it is so close to the centre of employment, the city of Melbourne. So, you know, Yarra doesn't actually have to do very much to encourage cycling because it's going to be a hell of a lot easier than driving or catching public transport just because of its geographic location. So it already has this advantage far and above any other municipality uh, in Victoria anyway, barring Melbourne, which has the highest rate of, I think, walking. (laughs) I think Moreland's coming up a close second or third as well. Yeah. Moreland's got very high. We're being being chased, but they have to work a little harder at it than we in Yarra do. We've certainly got an an easy ride. And I think... You know, to begin with, Yarra was really, really pushing for uh, bicycle infrastructure and there was a lot of energy in terms of building bicycle infrastructure. But that has, for whatever reasons, really dropped off 
over the past few years. And I think, you know, where we, this municipality, is sort of resting on their laurels a little bit and relying on the history. Basically, we've got um, we've come out of a situation where we've had a bicycle strategy. You know, that's from what 2010 to 2015, mm -hmm. and now the council's saying that's not going to be not going to be another bicycle strategy, and they've got some 10-year um, plans or something for you know municipal works. But another way of looking at it too is they pick the low-hanging fruit, and I think there's a lack of political will to go further. Would you say that, that it's something you've come across? Yes, it certainly is. The current sitting of the council seems to be dominated by a few councillors who do appear to have some anti-bike feelings. I mean, I'm not going to say that they are anti-bike. I'm just going to say that the decisions they make and the, the language that they use certainly gives an observer the opinion that they're not really supporting cycling or cycling infrastructure. And I think that's really dominating the discourse. And I think that that is actually supported within council by council executives because there it seems to all be, you know, the, the brakes are on. Council is no longer working and active, focusing on cycling infrastructure. The, the attention has shifted. I'm not sure where it's shifted to. I don't, I don't see council really being active and energetic and moving in a positive way towards anything lately. It's a, it's a real shame. I mean, last year, of course, the east-west tunnel was a very big focus and, and a way of uniting and energising the community and the council. And that's gone and left a void. I really don't see that council has, you know, there's, a, there's nothing that's filled its place yeah. in terms of council, something that is positive that they're working towards. Because uh, if that had gone ahead, that would have bisected where the now the Wellington Street, Copenhagen lands have gone. I mean, okay, they're far, they're far south of that, but that would have been a big problem with its implementation. But I'm just thinking from the bugs perspective, from our perspective, we actually had to fight council to get that built part of their own strategy. And I think what you've been touching upon is that sort of kind of reactive thing. I don't think council really understand what they're doing, and I think it's time for the local residents to start setting the narrative. Well, I think you know you've t you've touched on it there with in terms of the. The bicycle plan. What the bicycle plan is, is a blueprint which tells the residents what the council prioritises and what it's going to be focusing on. But it also tells the council, it gives them the goals. This is where the long-term strategy, what we're working towards. And well, we're now towards the end of this five-year plan. It ends at the end of 2015. There were some issues, some projects which were supposed to be, you know, they didn't have any times on them, so they were post-2015. However, because they don't have any particular times, they, they, they can be quite accurately viewed as aspirational. They're projects that we'd like to do, but we couldn't see it happening in between 2010 and 2015, so we're just putting it there sometime in the future. So they don't actually present a concrete goal for council to work towards, or anything concrete for us residents, us ratepayers, to say this is what my council is doing to support cycling. There is nothing concrete there. Council may say, yeah, yeah, just look at those, you know, the 10-year plan section. But I don't know what am I looking at. I'm looking at things that are sometime in the future because those items that are listed, they don't have a to be completed by 2020 
timestamp on them. They simply say sometime in the future and that could be 2050 for all I know. It's a bit like Doncaster Rail. We're still waiting since um, <laughs> the 1890s or something like that. But yeah. I think what we're kind of getting towards is that there's, there's a lack of political will and there's this kind of other things lurking in the background like uh, the state government as part of their, when they were going for the election this time last year, they then our people talking about rates capping and mm. it's always a big popular thing with people. Yeah. Invariably, Yarrow is going to be hit hard by this midnight 2016 rates capping and you can see the stuff starting to permeate through. So where we're heading towards I think is an interesting point where we have a council that's seen as bicycle friendly and they've dropped the ball. Really interesting that Yarra is very much using that rates capping as a very good excuse and a very good argument to say we can't fund anything more, we can't think about funding anything more because of this great feared rates capping. There's going to be this huge hole in the budget as a result. It's interesting that Bendigo have just come out with this plan, which is a three-year plan, to spend uh, $2.3 million every year for three years on shared bicycle and pedestrian paths. Now, they're going to have rate capping as well. So Bendigo have developed this incredibly inspirational and, and ambitious plan, and obviously I think that they intend to do it, and they're going to be doing it with rate capping, whereas Yarra, they've not come out with anything new. They have failed to um, actually complete projects that were within the, the, the bike plan that they've had, and they're not planning on, you know, there's, there's nothing new coming through in the pipeline. In fact, I have just, because I've been interested in, in funding in Bendigo versus funding in Yarra, um, for those of you who like numbers, uh, I can tell you that Bendigo, if they're spending $2.3 million per year, that works out to $23 per person per year. Whereas uh, Yarra Council, if you include the $150,000, which is for general bike-related projects, plus uh, $485, which was budgeted in the 2015-2016 budget for a shared pathway at Coulson Reserve, that's $635 in this financial year, which works out to $7.22 per person per year. So Bendigo is spending three times as much as Yarra is. Now, for a council that purportedly wants to be the, sorry, the cycling capital of, of Australia, mm. and it currently is, it's not going to stay that way for very long if it's being outspent by a factor of three by other regional councils. I mean, it, it is really embarrassing and shaming. And as far as I know, that shared pathway at Coulson Reserve, I don't think it's actually been started yet. I did, a Google, I did a Google search on that to try and find out how it's progressing. Couldn't find anything except for references to the budget. So they're not really tracking terribly well to deliver that project within the 2015-16 budget period. And an interesting point, I mean, this is where we're heading towards, we're talking about the Yarra Council budget. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you and I saw an interesting thing a couple of days ago of some paraphernalia or some propaganda or promotional material put out by Yarra <laughs> Council talking about how you can have input into this year's budget. Now, there's an interesting point in that, wasn't there, about the Council has... Um, yeah, implementation of the bicycle strategy and cycling stuff. And they're saying this, in 
uh, people may have got this was a double page thing that's been insert around Yarra. It was it was a very glossy mm-hmm. little um, little pamphlet that we saw. But they actually mentioned the bicycle strategy when there will be none after. Do you get the feeling that sometimes that parts of council are a little bit talking at cross purposes to each other? I, th- I think there's lots of, uh, most all parts of council really like the idea of Yarra being the cycling capital of Australia. Um, it sounds great. I think it's a great draw card for Yarra. Um, it brings a, a lots of, you know, people choose to live here because of that. Businesses come here. It really is an asset of Yarra. However, I think there's this idea that you, you want to hold on to that. You want to keep a hold of that asset. But we don't really want to spend any money on maintaining that and continuing that speed. And and yes, we're, we're resting on all of the hard work that's been done over the decades mm-hmm. to make Yarra this good, to bring us to where we are. And we're just sitting back and doing nothing. And I think that's, that's really sad. You know, we still have a lot of work to be done. Cycling is not as safe and not as easy as it could be and as it should be. Hi, this is Mitchell from Cut Copy and you're listening to 3CR. Please support Community Radio. Subscribe now. Well, we're looking at um, a different type of riding now. It's the riding for transport. It's not riding at 11 billion miles an hour and not necessarily in Lycra and people riding destination type stuff but not the fast and the furious not a particular demographic that's exactly right chris and yeah. so much of the bike spending to date has been on commuter routes yeah and although yes a lot and in fact that's the way we measure cycling we ask people how they get to work we do the super tuesday bike count on a on a tuesday morning and we are counting commuters but what about all the kids who ride to school what about the weekend recreational cyclists they are just as important and you know the more kids we have riding to school like me (laughs) hopefully they'll continue to love it and they won't have a decade or so um, hiatus in the middle of their lives you know that's the way we get people keeping on riding and keeping on staying active and enjoying you know active transport and for that we need to maintain those recreational routes make it a hell of a lot safer and easier for kids to get to school and I think that that would be a really smart um, target for future budgets so we're now looking the council is now starting to plan the 2016-2017 budget and what I would like to see in that budget is a focus on safe and accessible routes to schools both primary and high school so that parents feel comfortable letting their children have gradually increased independence in getting to school in a you know sustainable and safe way because I think that what be some of the problems we're having in Yarra is ideologically, and I don't mean this by whatever party someone belongs to, I believe ideologically people may not be across some of the newer things that people want from you know, sustainable transport. Livable cities, complete streets, 8 to 80. They're still stuck in a mindset of wearing nicks and a flashy helmet. 
interesting, I live on Wellington Street, right where the Wellington Street bike lane's gone through. And so I've kind of had this first-hand view of this situation. I mean, of course I use the bike lanes because I have to in order to get in and out of, of my home. But the main change that I've seen on the streets is that cars travel a lot slower now. Not only is the street narrowed and there is reduced parking as a result, but there's speed humps. And so it was 40, to 40 kilometres per hour before the introduction of these um, traffic changes. Still 40 kilometres per hour, but the traffic is now actually travelling at 40 or below, whereas before it was travelling between 40 and 60 kilometres per hour. And it just wasn't comfortable. You know, it didn't feel like a safe and accessible area for pedestrians. So I now feel that this whole environment has become a much more pleasant space to live and to walk as well as to cycle. And I think you'll find that drivers probably find it a little bit easier and more comfortable to use the space as well. Coming up, we've got, uh, we can have a public input into the Yarra Council budget. This is online budget forum is on the Yarra Council website. I think it's until Friday the 27th, which is coming up this week. Yeah, this Friday, that's right. So what can people do? Well, it's interesting. In the past, we've had the opportunity to write a submission to council, um, and they've changed the way they're doing it this time. So we're actually you, you actually have the opportunity to participate in a forum, which I guess is a more of a dialogue. So you can read other people's what other people have written, respond to that, and add your own um, input. So. I would strongly recommend that any listeners who support cycling and the ideas that we've uh, been discussing here... Yeah, kind of like the active transport element is what we want. Yeah, that's right. It's not just Lycra. Mm. I mean, I don't wear Lycra personally, but (laughs) cycling is for anyone and everyone for anything that you want to do, whether it's commuting, recreation, or however, you know, unicycle trick riding, whatever you want to do. (laughs) (laughs) But we would like you to, to, to put in a submission or to participate in the online forum to let councillors know how important that cycling is um, and to include ideas for improving and supporting uh, making cycling safer in Yarra. So use your imagination, whether you are for or against Copenhagen bike lanes, it doesn't matter. There are many different ways that cycling can be improved and made safer in council. Um, We'd also uh, ask you to support a new cycling strategy for Yarra Council that goes from 2015 to 2020, so that we actually have an idea of where we're going and what we're doing and what we've got to aim for. And we'd also like you to promote the support of cycling projects in the online budget forum. So currently council is developing, in the early stages of developing their budget for 2016, 2017. We're giving feedback for that. So in order to be able to promote cycling in the future, they need to put money into not only the cycling projects, but also into a cycling strategy and also the staff that they employ. As a counterpoint to what we're discussing today with the Yarra Council budget, the state government are looking at input into uh, their overall strategy and there's $100 million sitting somewhere for bicycle infrastructure in with it across Victoria. Been around for almost 12 months but again that's the sort of stuff that people should be asking about. There's again I think I've brought it up a couple of times on the show and I've given links out but I'll do it again in this podcast and also City of Melbourne draft bicycle strategy that's been a long-term process and I think input for that 
just finished, just finished. The with the actual um, building of that, that's about 7,000 submissions, yep. the initial thing. So the city of Yarra is right next to city of Melbourne. They can't do things in isolation and kind of ignore what's going on around them. They, they seem to be um, detached. Which is a really good point, Chris. Like Yarra is not an island. It is not isolated from the other communities that surround it, um, which means that it is part of this really broad, wider network um, I think it's called the IMAP, yeah. which is about all of those routes that need to link up. The you know the important routes where you've got commuters coming from one municipality, they need to go through this municipality and get to to another municipality, and so the, those councils need to work together in order to provide those facilities. And uh, you know I've said we need to focus less on. We have strictly been focusing, council has been largely, not strictly, largely focusing on commuter and there needs to be more of a focus on, on other forms of cycling. But we still need to really work towards that. And if council, Yarra Council is spending, you know, $7.22 per person on, on cycling infrastructure, but Melbourne and Moreland and Darabin are spending more, we're really letting down this network. I mean, we are the weakest link. So just as a, a small reminder, so we do have until the end of this week, Friday the 27th of November, to contribute to this stage of the budget planning process for Council. And so I would strongly recommend to everyone that you put in a submission. We will link it from the podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Also, praise the council because they always love this stuff. You know, we love the Copenhagen lanes, or we love a particular treatment, or we love what that's happened uh, with uh, replacement of sometimes when they've done um, taking out car parking and putting in a whole bike corral. You know, we have to go to Piedmonties. You know, we have to go to Fitzroy Town Hall or Library. We need more and more safer or safe, secure bike parking. Thank you, Chris. As a pertinent reminder, we do sometimes forget to acknowledge and appreciate all of the hard work by council officers um, and councillors. But a lot of them are working really hard and, you know, keep up the good fight, guys. We are fully behind you and, you know, we hope to be able to support you um, to continue to provide excellent infrastructure for cycling and, and Yarra's cycling future. Thank you. And that's all we got time for this week on Yarra Boz News Group Radio. If you want to go have input into the Yarra uh, budget, go to yarraconversation.com.au and look for the council budget. Okay, you can listen to our podcast at 3cr.org.au slash podcast or yarrabug.org forward slash radio. All presenters are volunteers and you can listen to this program again when those podcasts are up. And I'd like to thank um, the station staff today, particularly Gab, for being um, worth her weight in gold. And, um, yeah, thank you so much. Anyway, if you'd like to subscribe, make a donation, make sure you check out the website at 3cr.org.au and stay tuned up next for Dirt Radio. That one you levicated to all the bicycle riders, seen? Bicycle rider, bicycle rider. Bike rider, my other bike rider. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.